kid's resilient. He's going to be a tremendous coach, like I said, and you know, love him to death, and everybody uh, misses him for sure. Oh, the domino effect that has the world of sports where decisions are made or lack of stellar play could cost coaches their job as well. That is the life we live in. That last voice you heard was Russell Wilson. Sounded certainly sincere, and I don't doubt that he wasn't. Uh, but Nathaniel Hackett out, and of course, uh, Mr. Rossberg again, and, and uh, there's your life for the Denver Broncos. You heard in there some bites from Dean Evison, uh, the Minnesota Wild, back in action tonight against the Stars. So a nice win on the road against Winnipeg. Even a larger one tonight against the uh, the Stars uh, as the Wild try to continue to make moves. Uh, Jack Michael show coming to you on a Thursday. Derek Hansen in the studio uh, again. Brad uh, taking a couple of halfers, if you will. So uh, good for him. Uh, and Derek, I'm sitting here and I'm realizing that it is December 29. Yes, <laughs> we are a couple days away from saying goodbye. To 22. Yes. And welcoming in Good riddance to 2022. There's some good, good things happen this year. Though. You're right. But good riddance. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you know. Do we always say that for a year, though? I mean, we really said good riddance to 2020 for obvious reasons. Right. Have you ever ended a year and went, that was one heck of a year? Every part yeah. of it. That's a good question. I think maybe in 87 and 91 when two of my teams actually won the championship, <laughs> you know. 91, I think, was probably – I graduated from high school. The North Stars almost won the Stanley Cup. I had a good time watching pretty those games year, with my right? buds. And then, you know, then the, the Twins won the World Series. So I guess that was a pretty good year for You were me. kind of getting into your, your your you know, the collegiate thing mm-hmm. and your jobs were going to come. You are going to work in a field that you like. before I went to Bemidji State, so it was yeah. kind of collegiate thing. Yeah. I was a JUCO kid before I transferred yeah. to SU. You know, it's, it's funny. I did a, a, a piece today for our, our, our sister slash brother slash KFGO with J.J. Gordon, and uh, we we're going over the year in sports, and I'll throw it out to you too. And I, I don't want to, con- I don't want to get too much jumbled in. You know, the uh, when you when you run sports shows or talk shows of any kind, you don't want to get too much uh, fumbled into your text box. You want to stay with one that kind of hits. We've had some questions, and if you've tuned into the Jack Michael Show with us, we uh, we'll throw a question out, and we do interactive off that, and then the, it's it's tremendous because when you have the fifth largest daytime signal in the country, we get responses from all over, and it's fun. Derek and I, and Brad, when he's in it, we can bounce those around. So I have, I'm, I'm, I've got two questions. One that will maybe will hit maybe more at the at the twenty spot today, and then uh, Mallory Bernhardt, head coach of uh, North Dakota women's basketball, will join us in the second half hour for uh, for a short segment. Uh, but I was going over the year in sports from a regional, local, you know, and then of course international perspective of 2022. So feel free, you know, if if, if something comes to mind because I'm going to have another question for you a little bit. I might even throw that out early, but I, I just started making mental notes, and you always are you're you're always going to just miss something. You know, I'm going to miss. Yeah, well, Jack, what about the soccer team that did this? Or what about the right. swim team that won their first date? So forgive me on this, but I, I started throwing down notes. And the first thing was so recent, you know, Barnesville winning a state tournament uh, football title first ever, right? Right. D? Yep. How could that not be one of the greatest moments in there? But if you want to utilize the text club today uh, through whatever, 35270, when you look back at 2022, from a local, regional, you know, national, there's so much we can do. Because now you're going to get into maybe Argentina winning the World Cup. Uh, Brittany Griner, obviously, off-field. That that was huge news. 
we could go into the wild card last year in the NFL. Remember the wild card weekend? Like every game, that was crazy. Was yep. within three points. So there's a lot of stuff, but really more fishing today. That that from a local slash regional angle on that year in sports. So I started jotting down. I went, oh my gosh. So I'm my top of my brain. I'm like, well, Barnesville winning a their first state title is pretty, pretty big stuff. I said, but on that note, West Fargo Cheyenne girls yep. won their first state volleyball title. You know, Jamestown, we started calling Title Town because, you know, the success that Jamestown was having in the, in the football team repeated as state champions. And I, then, I, then it got me going, Derek. I'm like, well, hold on. Minot High won both the girls and the boys' state Class A basketball titles this past year in 22. And then I went, well, time out. The Red Hawks won their first. Say, <laughs> so, you might have buried your own lead there, my friend. Right, right D? So I, my mind, you know how your mind just dominoes like that? And that's how my mind was going. So, Well, let's face it, to kick off the year, we don't think of it as this year, but it happened within this year. Is bring it. The team who's going back to Frisco, you know, they come back after well, was it wasn't a great spring season, you know, the COVID season of 2020 that played, right. was played in the spring of 2021. Then January 8th, what happened? They got her done. <laughs> they win their ninth of the last 11 years over Montana State, which was a great story. It's a great point, Derek, because you don't think of it. You're right. It, it, it The season ends in January if you go to the title, and, and boom, there it is. So NDSU is one over Montana State. And within that game, it became even a bigger story because Viggs, it was coaching, you know, so right. you had ties within ties, you know, and you can tie in. So, uh, it, it, you know, the Kenwood girls won a state B title, you know, and we were, there was just so much uh, that happened. So Shanley won, you know, Shanley High in football says, you know what, we'll play with the, the, the divisions that have, you know, even though our enrollment isn't right. that, but we'll stay with the 11-2A and you know what, we'll we'll dominate and win a state football title. There's just so much, and and I'm I'm missing, I'm sure, a thousand things. It, and Dee and I talk about that. It's dangerous to bring it up. Yeah, we probably didn't talk about the Shanley thing enough. And the reason I say that is, you know, when I first got into radio in in 1996, you know, Shanley was struggling. They were still in the North Campus, and they weren't. You know, they were always yeah. the team that could compete with the Norths and the Souths. And you know, this is long before. You know, this is back when Jay Gibson was owning the world at, at West Fargo then, That's right? right? I mean, that, yeah. and, and, but there's no Cheyenne, there was no Horace, there's no Davies. And so, you know, South and North were fighting for the EDC. And, and I don't mean to be mean here, but it's Shanley was just kind of the doormat of the EDC at right. that point. I mean, yeah. they really were. They were, right. they were struggling to get enrollment. They knew that the new campus is what was going to save them. It did. And in sports where you need numbers to right. really compete. And here they are, this. You know, shining diamond now, just a little bit north of Davies. That's uh, it's, that's developed a pretty good rivalry. I, I, I think it's a heck of a story. Now, I know a lot of p- people don't like private schools, but I think in this case with Shanley, if you're a private school and you win at the top yeah, level, right? right? If you're not winning at the B or whatever, it's almost like St. Mary's yeah. talk out in Western North Dakota. Correct. You know, it is. Uh, so if you have something, even from an individual aspect, because if you start getting into wrestling or uh, gymnastics or tennis or what have you, you're gonna you're gonna have those stories. So, what were the great stories that come to your mind from a local slash regional aspect in the year 2022? Uh, since we have one more show left of the year, and then uh, and then oh. we're into <laughs> one more show left of the year. Uh, so, if you have those today, you want to want to uh, share those. Uh, certainly, a couple ways to go: two three seven 
3767. That's the phone line. And for those that don't know what that is, that's a uh, it's a device where you dial a number, right. push a number, and call. You know, we're, we're, and I love our text club because it's an easy two way street to communicate uh, with shows. But uh, 237 3767 is the phone. The text club, indeed, you just put in 35270 and then you can send a text in that way to 35270 and, and we'll get that across. So, kind of walking down a little bit of uh, looking back at the year. From a local aspect, and there's a lot of lot of great stories out there. I imagine that in our in our station services quite a bit. We're coming to you live today from the Gunderson Jewelers Studio. OMG, oh my Gundersons! Make it easy to say I do with a custom designed wedding ring. Gunderson's Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or Gunderson's.com. I I had to screenshot a uh, D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell. Oh, where was it? I had a screenshot. Oh, Alan Horton uh, sent it out on Twitter, like retweet, retweeted D'Lo. For those of you that missed the Timberwolves game last night against New Orleans, so Zion Williamson is back, you know, and healthy. Whew, I forgot how well he is put together. <laughs> it is just some people in this world, and he's not that he hasn't lifted and worked and all that, but he is just a, it's a different level of strength. Shoulders. He's got the shoulders of Shaq with the with the athleticism and movement. He was on full display against the Wolves last night to the tune of scoring the final 14 points of the game for New Orleans. And Derek, he took over. I mean, it was uh, he's bringing the ball up. So Chris Finch puts Ant on him. So now you know Edwards is guarding Zion, and Zion's bringing the ball up the floor, and he's just making moves and going to the ten. And, and that looked very. Oh, did you see any highlights of that? I mean, I was watching the game, but it was it was insane. He was just took over, hit a three, step back, got a basket, a basket. You heard in our montage, and then he then he had a steal and threw a two down down. Uh, went in on one of them. Gobert's trying to just d him up, and Gobert's in decent position, and Zion's getting in the paint, and he's by the way just in this. Again, athletes talk about being in a zone. You're just taking right. – you can feel it. And he's taking over the entire game. And he goes to the rim, and I see Gobert, all seven feet, whatever, fall like a stone. I mean, boom, face down. Yeah. No call. Well, Zion had clipped him with his opposite elbow, probably not intentional, but, again, clipped him and just the replay, I'm like, wow, how is, how is that not right. anything – so D'Lo, after the game, tweets this. He's playing football. We're playing basketball. Yeah. We can't touch him or guard him. So good for him. And that's the truth. You can't. Zion was just, and I think he put up, what, 43 last night, and uh, and uh, and the Wolves fell 119 to 118. But it was really good to see the Wolves, you know, uh, uh, do their thing. Uh, from the NFL aspect, uh, well, first of all, collegially, and those of you that were tuning in and, and maybe eleven o'clock today went, wait a minute, where's uh, where's uh, where's Paul Allen? Where's where's K fan? What happens? And today the Gophers play the Pinstripe Bowl against right. Syracuse. So, from a programming standpoint, from K fan in Minneapolis, as we are, you know, assigned and, and affiliated with it, when their programming gets special programming happens. That happens here too, so we can't. We have to make adjustment here. So every now and then, also as an ESPN radio affiliate in Westwood, that's why you heard ESPN at eleven and not PA because the Gophers are. And by the way, the Gophers could be heard today on one hundred and one nine Jack FM. That's correct, right, Derek? That, that is correct. Way to put that. Yep. 
Gophers and Sears. Uh, from the NFL aspect, uh, a lot of talk the boys had right here before our, uh, the show got underway today about Carson Wentz and not very good talk, but just like yeah. the host just talking about how well, this was. Well, you know, he's got to make a move. Ron Rivera has got to make a move. He wants to spark it. He's, he's trying to make a decision. You know, and yes, Carson's in the same boat as he was when a win against Jacksonville had he just, you know, performed to a, a level that he can and they would win and they would have been in the playoffs. And yes, it's deja vu. It's like Groundhog Day for Carson Wentz. He now finds himself again in a spot where if they win, you know, boom, and they went out, he's got it. Yes, it's it's all of that. But do you fault Rivera, Derek, for for kind of flipping back? I mean, what, your your thoughts on Heineke, you know, and, and Tanner wasn't terrible, but a coach, this is why head coaches get hired and fired. They've got to make decisions that they think is best to help their team win. Well, I mean, the problem is, is that they're in a situation, so they've lost to the 49ers, they've lost to the Giants, they tied with the Giants, and then they barely beat Atlanta, you know. So they they, they haven't they need to get on a winning streak here, right? So I mean, it's you, when you've lost your last two games and tied your last game, that's that's kind of a tough spot. So that's what you're looking at. And they're trying to spark it. I do know this: they get their last two games at home, and if he doesn't play well, starting with Cleveland, I think there'll be a quick hook, and number four will be back in there. I think they almost have to because, I mean, this is. This is high stakes poker right now for it. Yep. Carson Wentz. This is a big, big moment for him. Yep. And he's got to prove it. And you and I were talking off the air a little bit. You know, I think uh, the national media has gone after Carson a little bit. What fell out of Indianapolis certainly did not look good on him whatsoever. To the point where Frank Reich said, "Apologize to the ownership for believing in this guy." I mean, that was yep. that was at least a rumored, uh, you know, something from one of the insiders. So this is a big deal and. Well, they say Riverboat Ron, he's he's playing it right now, right? I mean, and this Derek, is huge. The, the, the old adage, Derek, uh, uh, why that is and why you and I were chatting about that, because much has been given. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge Carson Wentz fan, love Carson. I, I've been around Carson a long time, as you have. But why that sentiment is, is because much is given. And the old adage, for those of you who don't know, uh, as much is given, much is expected. Yep. And and that's why that that these guys make – Good money, really good money, and it's not because it's about the finances, but that's it. There's a lot of investment. There's Correct. draft picks and all that. There's that's that all fuels this. So for Carson, obviously, he's not going into the game against Cleveland this week and thinking, "Oh my God, remember back in the day, I moved up to number two in the draft. I actually thought I should have been number one, but Goff went number one, and I took it. I had that big year. You know, this. I hope that's you know, knowing Carson, that's not really going to look at it happen in Indianapolis. Man, they really turned on me, and I probably cost Frank Reich his job. I come to Washington. I mean, the worst thing that could be rolling through is mine, which I'm sure it's not, but that's what's rolling through every fan. Well, for sure. A couple text messages in. Local regional sports moment for yes. 2022. SDSU beating NDSU for the Dakota Marker Trophy, which it, what they've done for the past couple of years. Yeah, so. it, it it's still somewhat of an yeah. anomaly, but not as but much. But then he's predicting they'll beat them for this. So a Jackrabbit fan is making the prediction. He's well, calling it now. And and nothing against that. I don't think that's a probably a wrong prediction. I think oh. South Dakota State is poised uh, in a, to, to a week from Sunday in Frisco. Well, they're Derek. the favorite. I mean, Certainly. I mean, that's one of the rare times that NDSU, not only in this game, but any game, is you know the underdog. And so I'm sure they're playing that up quite a bit. Uh, text message comes in and says, yes, Ron Rivera is screwing up Carson Wentz. I'm sorry to say the NDSU grad, I'll clean it up, is just not very good. So, well, I mean, I'm not going to say he's not very good. I haven't seen him play much, so this is the time. This and, is it for me. I it. mean, You haven't been at practice. No. I haven't been at practice. 
I haven't seen, been in the meeting rooms, haven't seen the snap. I, I can take uh, McLaren's word, who said, you know what, ball's coming out sharper. He's been really sharp in practice. You know, I can take the players of the commanders word on Carson Wentz because haven't been there, haven't physically seen what, what he's been right. after the finger. Come back, Derek. So that's all you can go on. I understand the text. And, you know, is this the time that you want to now switch it back and say, okay, here are my eggs. This is the basket. Let's go. <laughs> Some dice to roll. But is it? Well, he wouldn't do that if he hadn't physically seen, got a feel. He talked with all the captains. Rivera talked with the locker room, explained to them this is what's going on. Then they broke down to their session. So everybody seems to be on board. Heineke, I think, was. And then, of course, Taylor, because he's proud, I think he made a comment that says, I, I'm, yeah, this sucks, I think was his word, if I can right. paraphrase him. He goes, but you know what? Every player in this locker room should feel they should start. Correct. Right? That's so, what you're looking for. That's, that's, but, so I get the text. Um, now, if Carson goes out and, and just starts lighting up, they got Cleveland this week, right, Derek? I think it's yes. Cleveland. The Browns at home. If they, and the Cowboys at home. If he lights up the Browns and then lights up Dallas and they make it in, now will you go back and say, how about Riverboat Ron? Yeah, well, absolutely. You got it. I mean, this is this is worth it. I think where it's not much of a risk is if it doesn't go well, guess what? You can pull him and put Heineke back in. It's not a Derek Carr yeah, situation. It's not like he's injured. This is this no. is only option and, and, and whatnot. So, uh, again, you can text at 35270. I don't know. <laughs> I was telling Joel Heitkamp, I said, as a Vikings fan, and Derek, you're there too, I said, and Tom Shemansky, if for those of you who don't know, works he's our meteorologist. Massive <laughs> to say he's a Packer fan would be just a slight understatement. Right. And I told Tom, I said, Tom, what about these? What do you think the Viking fans would want? Because they both would be stories. Wentz comes back that what I just rolled out, you know, finds a, a new a newfound life of, of 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 precision passing, great decisions. Boom, boom, boom. Washington wins and then wins again, and they're the seventh seed, and they take on Minnesota at U.S. Bank Stadium in the opening round of the, of the wild card playoffs and all that. And now it's Wentz and his upstart commanders against the Minnesota Vikings. Good story? And Joel's like, hey, good story. I said, or is the better story? Green Bay finds a way to sneak into that spot in seven, and now you've got another <sighs> Green Bay Vikings game in Minnesota, but it's Green Bay because that's that big rival. You know, both have possibilities of being coming to fruition. Uh, I know you I don't, don't want like the ladder. Story. You don't like the ladder, do you? No. No, you want them out. And there's something about Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers now is dealing with a knee that he says is fine, but he was uh, – he got well, Christian to, Watson still has a hip problem too, hey, right? Christian dealing with his hip, but I don't know. So those are the scenarios we were we were uh, banging out. Again, uh, if you want to chime in the the, uh, the text club at three five two seven zero local slash regional sports stories that rise to the top for you. Mentioned a number of them uh, earlier. You can do that, and then I want to throw out before we break, and I'm going to come back, and this may not fit in <laughs> in yours, but I. All I can think about, I'm I'm my young guy, younger guy, and my buddy Mike, my best friends of the world, wearing boat shoes, Metrodome seat, oh, kind of an oversized fella. Red Sox, I believe, in town. I think it was. Anyway, um, it was on this date, 2013. 
that the Metrodome closed its doors forever. Wow. I'm curious. I don't know if this is a shirt, but it says, I got blown out of the dome. And it's, just, you know, remember how oh, the yeah. Metrodome when yeah, you yeah, go the, out? The air I'm, pressure thing, yeah. I'm curious, certainly, what Derek's, uh, you know, you've been there a gazillion times for events and, and, and that what comes to mind for you. But I will throw out that question coming up on the next segment. Mallory Bernhardt also joining us today. It is a Thursday edition Jack Michaels show. Derek Hansen today on 740 The Fan. All right. We'll just root around. Top national story in 2022. There's a few of them. I think Aaron Judge is probably up there. Yeah, that's a good one. I think Aaron Judge is up there, D. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, I haven't put it up on my blog site yet on uh, Couch Potato Radio on KFGO.com, but I put some of my top five. Obviously, locally, I put a lot, but the Twins being in first place for five of the six months, I think, was a story, right? But then they just fell apart in September, and you could see it coming because Cleveland was going one way and the yeah. Twins were going That's another right. direction. You were almost trying to like just hold on. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Uh, I, I you're, think you're kind of like, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio hanging on the table, trying not to drone, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're at. You know? And then Rose let go, uh-huh. or DiCaprio let go, and that was it. Yeah, I won't let go, Jack. Um, the uh, the judge story to me is good because I mentioned this to someone earlier. I said, you know, in records and anybody that has a record will probably tell you that records are meant to be broken. Even though personally I think, boy, I hope <laughs> like Maury, I was just joking. <laughs> he said when uh, when his number, you know, because when you look at the base stealers and, and the and the chronological base stealers in in the history of Major League Baseball, and as they started to go down and and uh, those great names, you know, Ty Cobb into Maury Wills and then Lou Brock, you know, and all the great base dealer, Ricky Henderson, then move on. <laughs> Maury always told me, what did he say? That, is it Lou? They call us, I, I don't know, it's just nervous. I'm not stealing him anymore. I'm not I'm not taking bags. What 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 was it like for you, Maury, when you were up against this pressure and what should I do? And then in classic Wills fashion, I just told him, Jack, take two weeks off and quit. <laughs> so, so they, as much as records are meant to be broken, I think uh, like a lot of them don't like to go. But the fact that it was Aaron Judge was good. Uh, so here's the other question. I said it's it's a two for today on the text club at three five two seven. I want to call in and and uh, you know I, I grew up in Western North Dakota and certainly now I've lived in the valley here for long, long, long right. time three plus uh, four decades, three decades. Um, so the Metrodome wasn't easy to get to, or or for that matter, the Met, you know, just wasn't easy to get to when you grew up in Western, next to Montana, for goodness yeah. sake. That was a long way to go. You really had to plan things out. So I wasn't fortunate, as those of you that were living in Minnesota or in this part of the state of North Dakota or South Dakota. So I didn't get to the Dome until I started getting into my field and then our field of sports, and then you're covering stuff. And played there once as a junior college baseball player because you could rent it for X amount of dollars and play right. So I, I mentioned this date today, 2013, the Metrodome closed its doors forever. And, you know, and when you think of the most memorable moments of the Metrodome, 
And people used to say, oh, what a great baseball facility. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. You're just saying that because 87 and 91, it technically isn't, wasn't the best to me. Well, how many people said it was a great baseball facility? I bumped into people and I said, are you kidding me? That's, that's one of the worst baseball facilities. Well, I mean. With all due respect. Other than the fact that you wanted it to, you know, you knew you were going to get a game when you drove down there. That's that was it. about it. Yeah, but but you're sitting at a 40, you know, depending on where you sat, you were yeah. sitting at an odd angle and the seats were, you know. Didn't much. wrap around the. Ballpark that way. No, yeah. it wasn't a. It wasn't a good right. baseball. It is ironic though that it was built for the Vikings. the The Twins kind of came along for the ride, but the Twins had the most success, much more success than the Vikings did, which is weird to think. Right? I'll, I'll get Derek's, and I'm not. And in, in, in the topic now with that is is your most memorable when you think of the Minneapolis, the Metrodome in Minneapolis. Now, two days slash events, obviously just shoot right probably to the top i mean without question we all know that yeah um but 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 if you think about it what would yours be the most memorable should we just say sans 87 91 world series because i mean right those are i mean because that's those are the obvious ones right i mean we'll see you tomorrow night going up and getting the catch and the home run and and, you know jack game six game seven and all of 87 i mean that that's just a let's do that sans 87 91 so they will take we'll we'll just understand that they that the world series and the twins it's it's nothing like anything else so outside of that what are your memorable moments? You can text it in at 35270. My sister Vicky took my friend Mike and me to a Twins game. And, you know, you'd walk down, Derek, with your – you can go to the concession stand and you would uh, – you know, you'd walk down. And my buddy Mike, we were just settling in, and this is all new. We're young. I think we're teens, 14, 15. So I don't know. We're, we're not adults necessarily. And it was back when boat shoes. Remember when boat shoes were oh, yeah. extremely popular? You just, no socks, you put your feet in them. And my buddy Mike, and if you remember those Metrodome seats, you know, when you're not sitting in, the plastic would flap up. And then when someone would sit down, you'd hold the seat and then they'd sit. And I'll tell you, a gentleman, God bless him, <laughs> easily 340, 330, big fella. And we had just got back in our row of seats. And my buddy Mike, because nobody was in front of us, he kind of wedged his toes in between the seat in front of him. You know, just like a little place to put your feet. And he didn't notice this large, large gentleman coming down with his. And without looking, this guy sat down. And when that chair pinched, (laughs) it's the most pain without someone screaming I've ever seen anybody in it. And I don't know why that memory comes to me for the Oh, man. It's like when you cry without giving any verbal, your Mm -hmm. eyes are watering because the internal pain is so great. Uh, So that's one of my memories. But, you know, I had a buddy named Troy, my my friend Troy. He caught a batting practice ball hit by Tony Armas. Uh, California Angels were in town. My memories of the Metrodome, uh, walking with um, uh, Tim Raines in the tunnel, um, just down there in, in, in part of coverage, just talking yeah, to Mark Yeah, I walked with Joe Torre after, right. after a playoff game with the Yankees and Twins. That was kind of cool. Aren't your metronome memories are yeah. just like, you know. And, well, and, I think uh, a couple for me, the personal ones for me is the first time my dad surprised me and, and brought me to a Bears-Vikings game. Now, the Vikings lost, but it was 19, I think uh, it was when Tommy Kramer got hurt and Steve Dills was in. It was just awful, and the Bears beat us. But I remember doing the wave for the first time. Crazy Georgia get the wave going like George. like you would never get. So. 
you know, the fact that my father surprised me back when we, you know, we were kind of scraping nickels together back right. in those points. So were you was, in awe? I yeah. mean, you were young. Yeah, I walked guy, out right? on the I mean, second deck. So you walked out on the second deck and you saw that green. You just couldn't believe what you're seeing. It seemed so large at the time. So there's that. And of course, the many times I went down with my family or my friends to just go to a game together, right? I mean, I think, and you knew you had a game. Obviously, my friend James, you know, homie who's, you know, worked here before. Those are the personal things. I remember. You know, my first playoff game, I didn't get to go to any playoff games in 87 or 91, but, you know, in 2003 I did, and that was really something to be hold, you know, just to be a part of that. That building had yeah. much, and we have, think of what it would be, concerts, NC2, I love the memory of Pop, you know, you and your Pops, I mean, that, yeah. that's just, come on, that's, that's, it's, um, I, I went, I cheated a little bit, just knowing I was going to ask this question today, at 35270, with the, the anniversary of the Metrodome shutting its doors on this date. Sorry, Vikings fans, but this is like yesterday to me, January 3rd, 1983. Tony Dorsett, yeah. 99 yards. 99 yards. You don't have to apologize. We won the game. So. I know. you <laughs> Just want to bring that up. Um, got a text in here. Uh, yeah. Is that one of the most memorable moments on, you know, in NFL history where the team that – I mean, it's almost like Carlton Fist with the home run. They still lost the World Series. No. But, but – People forget that the Vikings actually won that game. Don't want to bring up Gary Anderson, but it was texted into me here, and yeah. that that was one of the memorable Mentrodome moments. I mean, literally, even though there's 17 other things that happened that game, right? Yeah. Right, but that's the one that sticks. That that really is just painted on you. Um, 1992, Duke knocks off Michigan's Fab oh, Five yeah. for the NCAA title. How, where does that fit in your, in your Metrodome memory? If we take the World Series years out, if we take 87 and 91. I mean, Derek. That's that. That's just a phenomenal moment in that's sport. Pretty good. Um, you know, Randy Moss, September sixth, nineteen ninety eight, played his first game. Yeah, that's true. There was just uh, and, uh, Randy Moss was. That was the first time that we kind of got to see him. And then Monday Night Football at at Lambeau Field was kind of Randy. You have arrived, right? That was yeah. the big thing. So. So th- the three five two seven oh your members. It could be personal, like Derek and I have, have explained with you know with family and right. all that. Uh, April 15th, 2000, Cal Ripken Jr. got his 3,000th hit. Yeah, I remember that. That's true. There was a few at the Metrodome. Yes, I think there was. Dave Winfield got his Where there. did Molly get his? I think that was in Kansas City, if I remember uh, maybe right. Maybe you're right. But he was with the Twins. But, yeah, I think he was in Kansas City. A text message comes in and says, free hat day at a Twins game. I was one of the first 500 to get a hat. Wore it all game. And as we were going out, Gale Force wins. You know, with that bubble up and ripped it off my head, I was convinced the Twins organization scammed me. I was only seven. <laughs> See, how about when the roof caved in? I remember that very oh, well. Yes, I was waiting for the you know getting ready to go get, catch the Vikings. And when I remember that most, I was just working part time here. So Jack Sunday night, we had to scramble to do programming because you know there wasn't a game. So the Vikings radio network wasn't going to do that. Um, December twelfth, two thousand ten is what you're talking. The roof collapsing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2009, this is probably one of the best playoff games at the expense of your Cowboys, mm-hmm. 2009, uh, 10 season, right? The, uh, it was actually January 2010, but that season, that they just destroyed the Cowboys. I mean, destroyed them uh, in that game to go to the NFC Championship game. Um, your Metrodome memories. No, no other facility, you had to prepare yourself for exiting the facility. That's true. Literally a different, a little different atmosphere. <laughs> well, maybe Kaminsky, the old Kaminsky oh, back in the day, but, I remember but for that. much different reasons. Old Kaminsky, <laughs> old Kaminsky. I remember sitting at old Kaminsky, going, 
We didn't. We Is did that a, like a burnt potato. Uh, yeah. what, what are people? Oh, he's smoking. Oh, that's what's there going. You go. We had a couple texts reminding us. You know, if most likely, unless the 49ers lose to the Derek Carlos Raiders and lose out, but if the Packers do beat the Vikings, you wouldn't have to worry about the Packers most likely coming back to U.S. Bank Stadium because if the Packers make the seventh seed, then it will most likely be the 49ers. Oh, being the second seed. That is true. That's a good point. Unless smart tech. Unless the 49ers fall apart the last two weeks, and yeah. you know, but it's a good point, and that's that's uh, a legit point. Because the Packers are going to knock the Vikings down one more, and I think I think the 49ers have the tiebreaker due to the NFC schedule versus the NFC schedule, so yeah. conference schedule. That's a wise point. It didn't fit into my dramatic uh, no story, but that's a really good point. Well, I don't want to see a repeat of what 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 year was it when. So Adrian Peterson was, what, nine yards away from breaking Eric Dickerson's record. They beat the Packers to get into the playoffs, and then they go the next week. Ponder's hurt, and we believe it or not, we're upset that Ponder's hurt. Joe Webb came in and looked awful, and the Packers the following week at Lambeau Field just steamrolled the Vikings. The uh, the Bucks, uh Tampa Bay wins in there, and I, I'm wondering this, too, and I, before we break and come back, the um, in, this, in this year's NFL scenarios, is there one team that you look at that is just an absolute pushover? Don't even you know, even if they kind of the one that we say even if they get in they don't have a shot, or is there a team that you say well they're clearly, clearly, on their way? I mean it clearly on their way to win the NFC slash or AFC. I you I, I was beginning to think that about Philadelphia, but I don't know. I mean we'll see. I, I don't think I feel that about Buffalo right now. Clearly. I think there's there's probably a margin there that I think all teams are gettable. On the other end, I don't know. If the Cowboys go to Tampa Bay, I can't tell you that oh, Dallas will roll them. Can't say that. I yeah, know. I don't I won't take anything for granted this year in the NFL. Yeah. I really won't. Just the way how quirky it's been. I, I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. And Derek Carr just wants to golf, Derek. Is that the, the deal? Well, what? I do think it's a smart or you know, it's a pretty much a handshake deal. Let's uh it's it's a amical divorce, right? Because yeah. you don't want I mean, the last thing you want is the cameras to be looking at Derek Carr in the whole for the last two games, right? Yep. He doesn't want that you know, on the sidelines of him just standing there with his helmet on, with the camera showing him over and over again as Josh Stidham is throwing an interception or whatever. If they want to take a look at their other quarterbacks, it's kind of what you have to do. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting story, and you, you know we talked about how Carson Wentz is kind of playing for his future here. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Teddy Bridgewater stepping in this weekend Correct. with two out, right? So there's a lot of intriguing quarterback storylines going into this weekend, including a guy you had in your open, you know Russell Wilson, who is that's mm-hmm. a mess. So oh, uh, I like this metronome memory. Uh, John Randall terrorizing Charlie Batch, barking and crawling after Batch. I think one of the better. <laughs> You know, as far as it is weird though that the Vikings did not have as many memorable moments in that building, and just outside of, I mean, good positive ones. You mentioned uh, you know the Moss one, but but maybe Jim McMahon to Eric Gulliford to beat the Packers, you know, to set up that field goal for Fouadre Vase. But there weren't a lot of man. You remember that game because it was a lot of football between the twenties throughout most of the eighties and and nineties. You know. I mean, yeah, the, the 98 one, I mentioned him. Uh, was there a Bernard Berry? And... Nah, I, we'll see. 
That's if that's the road, for, road you got to do, go down. I'm I think that answers for, my question right I'm there. Starting to search for other memories. You remember Bernard Berrien? No, I don't. No. I remember him being open when <laughs> no. Favre threw it across his body to Sidney Rice and threw an interception against the Saints. Uh, I do remember that. Brett Favre set an NFL record with 421 career touchdown passes uh, in 2007. Problem was he was with the Packers at that juncture against well, Minnesota. How about this? I mean, you mentioned Far, probably the greatest moment with him there was not only that playoff game, but the the pass to the back of the end zone to beat the 49ers, right? I mean, there you that, go. That, that'd probably be one of the yeah. more highlight moments of the, the Metrodome, that is for sure. A uh, text message comes in and says, Chris Darkins running for 290 yards versus Purdue and Allstott. Allstott rusher over 200 yards. Ooh. I think they lost that game, too. It went back and forth. Whoever had the ball last was going to score. A bad moment there for the Gophers would be when they blew that three-score lead against Michigan. That would probably put them in the Rose Bowl if they would have won that game. That was on a Friday night. They moved it because of potential Twins playoff games. So, yeah, it's uh, – did they have any Gopher – I mean, great moments there? I can't imagine that's, that there were many. I mean, that's – I was going over – I was trying to search for my Bernard Barron. I don't think getting drubbed by – No. You know, they almost beat Oklahoma one year there in – Lou Holtz's second year. And, and I'm not kidding you. The NCAA, when they were rotating, when they were playing in some of those vans, there were some good good basketball games yeah. in the Metrodome for the NCAA. Some good regionals for 2008, sure. Bernard Berrien catched a, a 99-yard touchdown from Gus Farratt. The Vikings snapped a three-year playoff drought in 2008, and one of the highlights of that season was Berrien's 99-yard from touchdown reception from Gus Farratt. 34-14 went over the Bears in Week 13. There's your Bernard. Barry. I think they got to the postseason. TJAC threw the ball to the Eagles a couple times. That that, that did. That. It could be. I can't remember for sure. That. Yeah, you're right on your Niners one. September 27th, 09 is what you were referencing. Quick timeout, Mallory. Yeah, keep them coming at three five two seven zero. You're with the Metrodome anniversary of its closing its doors on this date. Uh, taking your Metrodome memories. Uh, Mal Bernhard will join us coming up around the corner. It's North Dakota State and North Dakota Week. Uh, the men play tomorrow night. The women play Saturday afternoon. The men in uh, uh, Grand Forks. The women at the Shack in Fargo. Back with more uh, next on 740 The Fan. Do you want your oil change in the slow lane? Oh, an oil change. Uh... Thursday. Can't believe we have uh, one show left of 2022 or 2022. It just still is trying to sink in. And then 23 hits, and boom, here we go again. I mentioned the, uh, the this week. By the way, congratulations to the, the Cobber men. Got a win last night. Um, so good for them. They're out in Las Vegas in the, the D3hoops.com classic going on. The ladies are in action against Amherst, I believe, this afternoon. And the men are playing uh, tonight, I believe, against Wisconsin Platteville, and the women will play tomorrow. So one of those weird things in the Mayak where uh, they've got kind of a uh, – uh, mid-season or early-season tournament for uh, D1 Summit League teams. They played a couple of conference games, and then boom, the Christmas break hits, and then bang, they're right back into a heavy dose of conference play. And if you're a coach in the Summit League, uh, this is about the time where it all starts getting really real. You're starting to enter the woods right now and trying to figure out who's going to come out clean on the other side. Mallory Bernhard joining us, head coach, UND Fighting Hawks. Women's basketball, I'm lucky because I get a chance to hang out with Mal a lot and, and uh, does uh, such a terrific job. And, and Mal, there's no rest for the wicked. You're busy moving and shaking and getting ready for North Dakota State. How you doing, Mal? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Fantastic. Uh, it, it, it's that week. Now, having been a player 
that is uh, that is played. I, I think sometimes when you were playing, you know, because both schools have gone through different from NCC to some that have split off from the Great West, and then eventually UND was in the Big Sky, and now you're all together again in the Summit League. But but Mal, is this a different week uh, in in the players' estimation? Those that aren't familiar with the rivalry uh, for coaches that know that yes, it's a big game, but it's it's a Summit League game. What is the week like when UND and NDSU play in, in basketball? Well, I definitely think it's a, a little bit more intense. Um, it, it is awesome that we get a whole week of practice. I will say that, especially after five days off for the Christmas break. Uh, so it is nice to actually get to get a little bit back into a rhythm and practice to do that. But um, I mean, I think there's a different feeling around uh, around the gym when you're getting ready to play uh, your rival school for sure. Yeah, no question about it. I'd imagine Jordan probably say the same thing that uh, you know. I, I, you know, social. The only thing that's changed, Mal, is like social media over the last few decades, right? It's like no one had. Who knows what the social media would have been like back in the '80s and '90s and, and, and all that? But now it's like you can't help but know this is a big week because of the social media, right, Mal? No doubt. I would have loved to see it in the championship eras <laughs> when those schools were going back and forth with each other. That a uh, I'm not even. I'm not sure it would have been uh, allowed. What would have been thought and said? But uh, no, for sure. It's it, it definitely uh, it puts it at the forefront of maybe more people's minds on a on a grander level than it already was in the state. Well, I have in front of me the standings so far, and uh, most of the teams in the league have got 12 or 13 or 14 games in already. And here you said. Uh, nine wins already, uh, Mallory, and and two and zero in conference play. And there are those suspect, usual suspects up there: North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and South Dakota. And I say usual suspects. Normally, it's been South Dakota State and South Dakota that have had a degree of dominance, and I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't disagree. And and others that are trying to cut into that. Well, here you go: North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and South Dakota, all sitting at two and zero. Uh, shocked, Mal? Not shocked about how you saw that, or so far into the season? Your thoughts? Um, no, not shocked to see that at all. I think uh, going into this year, everybody knew what South Dakota State had, and they brought everybody back. Now their non-conference record might not be great, but they played an unbelievably tough non-conference schedule, and, and, and people in the region, I think, saw that. So, um, no, not at all surprised with um, with them being at the top, being undefeated. Um, Oral Roberts is maybe the one that, that's not mm-hmm. up there because they, you know, did go play that tough swing in the Dakotas that they might be 0-2 and sitting low in those standings, but they won't be there for long. I can guarantee that. Um, but, no, otherwise, you know, Dakota schools, doing well i think that's um what we've seen traditionally the last couple of years it's, it's good to get our name up on the top of that though as well because it has kind of been the south dakota state south dakota and north dakota state more in that conversation than us lately just to be honest Mallory bernhardt head coach university of north dakota fighting hawks women's basketball joining us derek i don't know how you would do this i always thought about this if i were a coach and you were in charge of maybe like putting a schedule together and if you have a pretty good team the importance of uh, scheduling games where you could get your players to feel winning because you think we got a pretty good shot. If I can schedule these non-conference, we can get some wins, and they feel what winning is like. Or do I schedule just a gauntlet of teams 
to understand what being battle tested is about. Thus, when we get into it, we can play. Derek, have you ever thought half about and half? Yeah. Is that how you, yeah. Mallory? Mallory, that's got to be that. There's got to be a fine line in between that, right? There's for sure. There's a lot that goes into scheduling. There's there's a lot of tough things about the job we do. Scheduling's got to be towards the top of that list for sure. But yeah, you you wanna you wanna feel confident. You wanna you know put yourself in situations you can win games, but you also wanna prepare yourself for what you think is coming. And I think that's what we tried to do. You know, we love the we love the rivalries. Well, when we were in the Big Sky, we felt like Montana Montana State were kind of our border battle rivalries. Right. So we you know wanted to play some of those games. Of course, we try and do a little bit of hey, we have a good Michigan flavor on our roster. Let's get those players <laughs> back in front of maybe more family. So you've seen us make a trip to Michigan the last couple of years for some of our games. So there's a whole lot to it. Um, we really try and mimic what we're going to see, you know, in conference play. So let's let's go play a really tough road stretch at the Montana's at that Grand Canyon in there. That's about what we're about to hit right now. Um, but, you know, you look at, again, some of the, the South Dakota schools, what are they trying to do? They're trying to put signature wins on their resume so they can get that at-large bid. I think it just sure. very much depends on where your program is, maybe what your roster looks like in terms of returners and um, experience, that kind of stuff. So it's it's a puzzle piece. It's uh, Saturday afternoon, by the way, 1 o'clock at the Shack is the first uh, meeting between uh, North Dakota and North Dakota State in women's basketball. The men are in action tomorrow night. At the Betty, uh, something Mallory just said, something, Derek, you always bring up with me on this. You always say, did you ever think, did you ever imagine back in the day that you'd be doing this? And I'm thinking this, Mal, did you ever think back in the day that like a number one team in, in Division One women's basketball would be making a trip from South Carolina all the way to one of the Dakotas to, to play a basketball game during a regular season? That, to me, it, I, I don't know if I could have fathomed that. And you as a player back in the day, could you even fathom like, those situations happening? No, I'm I'm not sure that South Carolina still could fathom that they did that, especially what they came in here and got to witness, but with the weather and all that. But uh, no, I mean I think it's cool. I think it's cool for the region. Women's basketball is incredibly important in the Midwest, and it's awesome that we get you know major tournaments here. We get you know some of the regionals. We get act, uh, that thing down at the Pentagon. I mean I think it's awesome. So spark some interest and again we can, we get to be a little bit of the beneficiary of it when it comes to our conference tournament we have one of the most well attended and best conference tournaments in mid-major women's basketball so um yeah it's it, i think it's awesome for us I'm not, we're not a part of it that's right, <laughs> that's right. good luck with it go get that uh, by the way uh yeah. the i'm not going to equate casey baravich is to und basketball let's say a justin jefferson is to the minnesota vikings but i will say this that i think fans and probably players and everybody that, that follow the Vikings saying, you got to get him the ball. you got to get him the ball. I don't care if he's doubled. You've got to target him. He's got to have the ball. He has to be a point getter, first down maker, ball catcher. He has to be an impact player for the Vikings. If, if he's taken out, uh, I think a lot of fans would say, I, I don't like Vikings' chance of not winning. You've got one of these players that have had now for a couple of years that is a first-team all-conference performer among the tops of the nation in scoring in, in Casey Baravich. Yet, you have the ability, as does she, to to meld that type of player that that has put up all these numbers within your system. How tough is that? And, and obviously, they're running more people at her because, again, she's a, she's a scorer and can do a lot. How tough is that from a coach's perspective to balance that where you know you need her to be this this great, but the same token, she's not a one-man or one-woman 
you know, show. How how tough is that, Mel? Well, I'm I'm not sure it's all that tough, to be honest. We we really do. We try and have a very uh, I don't know how desperate. So we try and allow our players to make plays within our offense, and and we try not to be incredibly structured and say you got to do this and that and just and let you know their natural ability and their instincts and what we're teaching and working on kind of take over and fortunately you know again everyone points to Casey but we have a lot of good players around her too um and that helps and so yeah of course defenses I mean they're focusing in on her we know that she knows that I mean her name top on everyone's scouting report but again she's leading the league in assists per game. At least she was a couple days ago when I last looked. So even when the eyes do get turned towards her, her teammates know, okay, well, now I go either make this cut or I pop out or do whatever I need to do to take advantage of my defensive player locking in on her for a second, and Casey does a great job finding them. And so, um, it's again, we work a lot on just, like, the instincts, the reads, the, the ability to have a little bit more of that free-flowing offense, and and so would I say it's super hard? No, probably not. Of course, we'll try and design some stuff where we can get her a look, but um, let them make plays. Let them play. Yeah, it's a good answer because uh, the balance of the team, you got uh, kids that can, that, can, that can strike from outside. you got uh, uh, girls you can post up. I love the fact that, that the freshmen are coming in, and uh, I, I on my way back from Williston, I had to stop at the Betty, and there's Mal putting an extra time with one of her talented freshmen, Rakaia Beal, and uh, it, it never stops. And, and you're trying to bring up the youth while you're getting your veterans to lead, Mal, and that's a blend, too. And, and, and I think you have the luxury also of having some upperclassmen that make that part easy, don't you, bringing up the, uh, the underclassmen? For sure. We have a lot of really good leaders. And, again, we, we probably don't talk about some of the other players nearly enough, but you look at, you know, a Jolie Danager, who, who was new to our program last year, but what an unbelievable example of, you know, how hard you got to work and just some of the things you got to do outside of, you know, practice. And you see uh, Juliet Gordon, Claire Orr, Maggie Manson. I mean, you got a lot of really good examples of of what it takes and and – it's, it's been something that's continued to develop. I mean, I've seen DJ Davis in the gym more than about anybody. Michaela Amer, that kid might live in the gym for all I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fantastic that, you know, we have the leaders that are pushing for, um, I don't know, the, the, each individual to get better because it'll help our team get better. Excellent uh, response. One o'clock Saturday in North Dakota State as a team. When you look at North Dakota State, when you look at Jory's club, there's a lot to like. They've already picked off the Gophers. It's a team that's got some new names in it, but some returning. Obviously, Heaven Hamling, a good ball player. They've got young big. They've got uh, bigs that have come back. They've added some to the perimeter. Uh, kind of tough. What, what are some of the hurdles here? What are some of the concerns when you look at North Dakota State on film, Mel? Well, they're long, I'll say that. They they do they they've got some big wins too. I mean, the way they started the season, they were as hot as you can possibly get. Um and, and yeah, we we know how good Heaven can be. I mean, she's she's a big time big game player for sure. I mean, she's already dropped thirty nine in the game this year, so you know she's capable of going crazy. Um, Abby Schulte, another name that's a returning player for them who's who's been really good, consistent from, you know, either the point or the wing, kind of where they put her uh, from game to game. But, yeah, I mean, 
look at a freshman like L. Evans, and that kid can straight up stroke it. I mean, I think she had six or some threes in a game in a half earlier this year, um, and and they're just they're big, they're physical inside. And again, that's that's something that maybe we've talked about all year long is that we felt um, maybe that we weren't quite as big and physical inside. Um, and so I think this coming week, uh, this Saturday for sure, will be one of the first real tests of someone trying to go out of side. At least that's what we're anticipating. So um, at their, their size is incredible, and, and they're an incredibly uh, talented team. Again, you talked about some of the wins they had and the way they started the season. Um, we, we know that NBC is going to be confident playing us, that's for sure. Looking forward to this one. It's going to be a good one. UND is, is off to a hot start. Mal's team, nine wins, nine and three already in the season, two and all in the conference. The Bison, eight and four in the year, two and all in the conference. And then, of course, it's the trip into South Dakota against those schools. The next couple of weeks are going to be uh, battle tested. Mal, good stuff. And, and, and Mallory, uh, you know, birth of her second child, Derek. I mean, here's you talk about Mal. And, uh, and husband Nick and, and the family are kind of rallying around this family of four now, uh, Mal. So Lou knew what he was getting for, for Christmas. Uh, Lizzie is just a handful of weeks old. She probably uh, wasn't too concerned about what was under the tree. Is that right? <laughs> uh, as long as she had something to eat and a place to sleep, I think that's about all she was concerned about. <laughs> How simple life is when you're just a handful of weeks old, right, Hi. Mal? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we long for those days. Mallory, uh, safe travels today. Always a treat. Obviously, we'll be chatting with you on Saturday on the pregame show, getting ready for another classic uh, matchup between the two two programs. Thanks, Mal. Have a have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Jack. You bet. One of the great. I, I truly am. I'm blessed to be able to hang out. That is as as good a, a basketball mind. She and her staff. It's good to hang with Mallory and and a, and a ball player. It's funny how how players that become coaches. They kind of coach how they played, and sure. she, she was a hard, hardcore player that demanded a lot out of herself. And now, as a coach, kind of hardcore demand a lot out of your uh, your players. The men in action tomorrow night at the Betty. Uh, uh, it is Friday, yes. Yeah, it, it, it's finally Friday. Will Will tomorrow finally feel like Friday, Derek? I hope so because I'm so screwed up, and I'm I'm so looking forward to some normalcy. I have no, I mean. Well, then I go to Frisco, so that's not going to help things. I won't know what day oh, that's it is down right. there e- either. So. That's next week. You're going to be off. Uh, I'll, oh, be, I'll be with you here. Yeah, you'll be with me, but you'll be there. Yes. Uh, uh, for this one. Uh, good luck to the Gophers today. Take it on Cuse. Yes. That'll kick off here in just a couple of minutes right after the national anthem from Yankee Stadium. The uh, Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. And you can hear that on 1019 Jack FM. Force Hockey coming up uh, here, so uh, tune in. To that also stick around our final show of 2022 yes coming up tomorrow espn radio and then back into k-fan programming uh, throughout the day here on 740 the fan thank you to mallory bernhardt thank you for your texts and calls today we'll do it again tomorrow right here on 740 the fan and 107.3 fm knfl